morning. You're listening to 2XXFM 98.3, Canberra's independent and alternative community radio station, celebrating its 40th year. For the next 30 minutes, Subject ACT will explore local current affairs from an informed and curious perspective. I'm Becca Postorino, executive producer of the program. Lovely to have your company today. Today we welcome Canberra-based school psychologist Erin Sheldrick to discuss bullying in schools, what support is available to students, what role teachers can play in supporting their students and the important role of school psychologists and other non-teaching staff. You've been listening to 2XXFM 98.3, Canberra's iconic and independent radio station. Good morning, you're listening to Subject ACT. This is Becca Posterino, executive producer of the program. Today we're interviewing a school psychologist in Canberra High Schools, Erin Sheldrick. She'll be talking to us about bullying in schools. Welcome to the program, Erin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Bullying in many contexts is garnering media attention at the moment. I'd like to focus on bullying in the school. What is bullying and what are the distinctive qualities in comparison to conflict? Yeah, so according to our Safe and Supportive Schools policy, which has recently just come out, um, they define bullying as an ongoing misuse of power in relationships through repeated verbal, physical and or social behaviour that causes physical and or psychological harm. Mm. I guess the main components that make this distinctive from just your everyday conflict or friendship breakdown is regarding the misuse of power Mm. and the repeated nature. Mm. Um, They're the two probably key components. So power is a recurring theme with bullying. I'll address those questions um, later, but what is it about power, I guess, from your experience? Is it those children bullying in some way? Do they feel disempowered in some way? Do the, the victims of bullying are they disempowered in some way what do you see as the pattern of those bullying and those being bullied um from my experience there's many different reasons Mm -hmm. for why someone may either bully or be bullied um and the power play can have once again many functions and that's I guess part of my role on an individual level working with bullies and victims of bullies is working out what is the actual function behind Mm. why they feel the need to engage in such behaviors Mm. so yeah it can be a reason many Mm. reasons many reasons so as a school psychologist in your view what is bullying doing to kids in schools um there's lots of impacts that bullying can have and unfortunately, a lot of them are negative, in particular, like was mentioned in the definition of bullying, impacts on psychological um, well-being. Um, but I guess what we're trying to focus on in schools is empowering people and coming from a very restorative nature and trying to work out how to build people's resilience and build their mental health capacity so that they can still engage in learning in particular. Mm. That's the ultimate goal. Mm, absolutely. So is bullying something we need to address culturally? Does it start in the home? Um, bullying can once again start many different reasons and all behaviours um, come from some function and that's what as psychologists we're really interested in and really looking at and some of these can be learnt behaviours, they can be modelled behaviours but they don't necessarily have to come distinctively from the home. It could be from watching their peers, from watching mm. people in the community. It can be from many different reasons. Um, once again, trying to work out what need they're trying to Mm. um, convey and why they're doing it. But having a holistic understanding from many different 
you know, whether it be school, in the community, sporting, home, I think it's really important that everyone understands about, about bullying and the impacts, definitely. Mm. So we all bully, if we are to be honest. I've, I unfortunately behaved in bullying ways in school, which I'm ashamed to say, considering I'm taking this topic on now. Not in big ways, but little ways. Um, the question is, why do we bully? What are we trying to achieve when we bully? You're, you, you spoke uh, a little bit before about, uh, you know, what are they trying to convey or what are they, you know, what, what are they trying to achieve? What, what at large are we trying to achieve when we're bullying someone? Um, I think, once again, looking at those needs and through my experience talking with people who are bullied or being bullied, either or, they want to connect. That's a lot of people really want to connect and they're unsure of how and why mm. and they want to, some describe wanting to be liked, um, wanting to be seen as popular. Mm. So those term. bullying people. Yeah, at yes, times. That makes um, sense. But it can be that they have underlying issues that they have going mm. on their own mental health and dealing with things and that's where I guess as a school psychologist I can come in to help try and work out are there any more effective ways mm. to get those needs met. And... This question is off question from what I've given just out of curiosity and not specific cases, but I guess in your experience, are you finding counselling is an effective mode of supporting those being bullied and bulliers? Is it is it a successful um, part of, of the process of realising their behaviour and maybe even changing their behaviour? I would like to hope so in my job and what I do. Um, I think it put the different lens on it to mm. a teacher or someone in the community or a parent um, and just allows, I guess, us as psychologists to look at different reasons, different needs, what might be going on and to have a more open discussion that hopefully the young person feels confident in having mm. um, and being able to change their perspective a little mm. bit and see other people's perspective and empathy. Um, well, yeah, mm. work with that. Mm. Um, and always coming, one thing we're working really hard on in schools now is our restorative nature yeah. and being able to work out what harm's been done and how to repair that harm and how to go about, mm. essentially, we still have to all live together yes. and go to school together. And so how are we going to make that as pleasant for everyone mm. as we can? Definitely. So is the school environment a mirror of the home environment? We spoke about this before. And if so, how should we as communities be responding to bullying behaviour? You're one important person in the school sort of environment, the school community, but at large as a community, um, how should we be addressing uh, bullying? I think the biggest thing is education. Mm -hmm. I think we really just need to know more about it. Um, you know, as a community as a whole, um, its impacts and how we can help and where support lies. Mm. Um, I think a lot of people let bullying go on because they don't realise they can get help or where the help is, things mm. like that. Um, and also knowing what is bullying. Mm. Um, I think that is, that term is used in ways that sometimes is it's not overused, yeah. isn't and, it? Or it can uh, be overused. It can be, yeah, mm. definitely. But I think that's one thing we try to do in schools with building teacher capacity mm. and also building students capacity is understanding what bullying is mm. and hopefully that facilitates we'd like to hope discussions mm. in the home environment mm. around what they're learning what they're what skills they're gaining and being able to put them into place outside of school as well in their yes. community eventually i talk a lot to young people especially in high schools around they're probably going to go out and get a job one day yes and unfortunately in our society that 
this is an issue that seems to not be specifically related to the school. Absolutely not. And so if they can develop some skills around being able to manage these things, hopefully they can go out into the community mm-hmm. and be able to manage in mm-hmm. work life mm-hmm. in I guess socialising as yes. well. At kind of off topic but leading on to the social media, the hardest thing today I find is that it doesn't end when mm, the school day ends. Absolutely. And it can go home and that is one thing schools really struggle with and mm. find it hard to find their place in how they can help in that situation. But covert bullying, I guess, once again, trying to raise awareness to kids and teachers of what them signs are mm. and what them little signals might be. Mm-hmm. Um, some students who don't understand might not even realise that that is a type of bullying. Yes. That so that what's an is example? Happening. Sorry to interrupt. Yep. What, what is an example of covert or indirect bullying that you can sort of signal to? I guess uh, something I hear quite common throughout the schools is little things that happen in class mm. when a teacher might be distracted with other kids or yes. the teacher might be trying to write things on the board or mm. set up a computer and little comments be made yes. um, that aren't directly maybe mm. even at the student but at a peer sitting next to them mm. but loud enough that the student can hear yeah um, it's awful I've, yes. I've, we've all been in that boat in, in work or in school and oh you you did, weren't saying it at me my name wasn't you know attached to that but i i i understand it was pretty mm-hmm. clear that that was directed that's that can be really confronting especially for an adolescent who doesn't have the skills or the assertive skills or that or even the ra- you know rationalizing mm-hmm. or reasoning oh was that for me but they have yes. the feeling or the sense that it, it didn't feel right and a lot of the exclusion yes. tactics that happen as mm. well around in my group out of the group absolutely um things like that as well i guess can also so, fall under there what are some of the strategies that you suggest to those students when they are experiencing those things? Because that would be a really predominant thing, exclusion. Yes. You mentioned it before. One of the biggest things I work with is assertiveness skills. Okay. Building their capacity to feel confident enough to actually say something. Yes. Um, what would they say? What should they say? So we talk about when we talk about assertiveness is being confident, mm-hmm. calm, Mm-hmm. We try to take all aggressive nature out of our tone, yes. which at times can be very difficult. Yes. Um, and we talk about using I statements. Mm. So explaining how you're feeling and what's going on for you and you're not accusing them mm. of something. Um, because like as soon I as, feel. Yeah. So yes. essentially I feel this way because I noticed this happened. Mm. I may be wrong in what I saw, yes. but this is how it made me feel. Yeah, then you're appealing to someone's uh, empathy. Uh, yes. That sense of... Their, their sense of integrity or... Yes. Yeah. And research tells us as well that um, bullying tend to expect a certain response. Yes. So when we try to encourage young people to do something different to what maybe the bully expects, it kind of catches them off guard yes. at yes. times and um, can be just quite helpful in making the bully step back yeah. and go, oh... Oh, wasn't expecting, expecting that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting a fight or a conflict. Yeah, but not... it's all about building the capacity yes. for the students to feel confident yes. enough to do that. Really. And which can be hard when they've had ongoing bullying for a mm. long time. Because self-esteem would be impacted at large and, yeah. and to restore that and to build it up from a place where they're not feeling so strong within themselves yes. might be difficult. You've been listening to 2XXFM 98.3, Canberra's iconic and independent radio station on local current affairs program Subject ACT. We've been discussing the issue of bullying in schools and interestingly how bullies and their victims have a lot in common.
They are all seeking social acceptance and in some cases popularity, but their skills and approaches to dealing with their issues differ. Stay with us now for more of that conversation on Subject ACT, 2XXFM 98.3. Many children have had traumatic experiences as a result of bullying behaviours. How can bullying impact a student's relationship to school and learning? We spoke about this a little before. Yeah, so as we mentioned before, bullying can have a great impact on a student's relationship to school and learning. In particular, um, if they feel unsafe Mm. at school we know from trauma research that learning just can't occur Mm. if they are constantly in what we call the fight or flight response Mm. um, they can't pay attention to anything else Mm. they're too busy worrying about where their next threat might come from Mm. and so that makes learning nearly impossible so I guess one of the things from schools and this is what we're trying to really embed in all our schools in ACT is making them feel safe and making them feel like they belong yes building relationships with teachers, with peers, with anyone in the school. So when they walk into the school, they feel safe. They feel Mm. supported. They feel like they have somewhere they can go. Mm. And it's really powerful being able to do that. And that's one thing I know schools are really working on. That sounds wonderful to me, but as someone said before, that sounds that might sound a little bit Pollyanna or a little bit, you know, hold hands and sing kumbaya <laughs> to kids. You know, oh, come on, miss, I'm not, you know, that's how do we break down the facades of adolescence from your point? I mean, this is a big question, you know. Yeah. We all had we all had our adolescent facade that, you know, were seemingly impenetrable. How do we appeal to those, you know, adolescent facades and sort of engage you know the diversity of people from the diversity of backgrounds to to support that model which sounds absolutely rational and reasonable i guess the biggest thing is it's not explicitly taught it's a way Mm. of being in the school and it's it's not that we're doing something in particular it's just the way we have conversations yes the way we get to know our kids yes the way that we connect with them um and just making them feel like they have someone in their corner that if they're having a tough day they know they can name at least one person that they could maybe go to and talk to and Mm. might necessarily not be the school psychologist Mm. it could be their favorite teacher it could be generally sometimes it's an admin person even yes um so and even as being a school psychologist we build the capacity of all staff Mm. in being able to do that and we've done given training to our admin staff and things like that as well so you include all staff in that so what what does that training include if you can speak Um, i mean that they're important you know important things to to i guess communicate and inform community listeners about you know definitely there's many different um i guess training packages that have been developed for schools from a more directorate level Mm -hmm. um but in particular working in some of the schools i've been in we've done things around um conversations for life is a training program Mm -hmm. where basically teachers admin staff we'd rolled it out to all staff in the school how to have a conversation with a young person in terms of just being able to if you notice that something might not be going right for them how do you initiate that conversation how do you that's a really i'd i'd love to know myself (laughs) and it's all about making sure you choose the right space yes um the right time and letting it be a collaborative conversation where you actually just sit and listen Mm. and teaching like reflective listening skills and how Mm. to um whole body listen i guess to somebody what's whole body listening is that listening with your body language as well as your like looking at someone yes. 
listening, active listening, things like that. Yes, definitely. Um, Because we learn about those things in journalism. So (laughs) it's interesting to hear that. No, it's really interesting to hear that, you know, that's um, a skill that, you know, is used in engaging with kids who might be going through some hard times. No, definitely. Um, And once again, we teach you have to gauge the young person's reaction. Sometimes direct eye contact is too much for them and you might need to sit side by side but it's about if you tune into them and realize what their needs are Mm. you can do that and make them feel comfortable as as possible sometimes these conversations are really tricky awkward Mm. um but yes that whole body being able to really tune in not sitting on your phone while you're trying to have a conversation or or emailing while you're doing something we do yeah Mm. so that really being present and being with them yes Well, that's uh, good advice. So what should or can we do as a community to confront bullying in your view? Um, Would you subscribe to a zero tolerance approach uh, or is bullying simply just part of the human fabric? Is that something we just have to deal with and get on with? There's well, big question. Um, question. (laughs) (laughs) It's another hour program, that question. Yeah, there's lots of different... um, different things we can do as a community and as I've mentioned already before education I think is the biggest one and how we manage it I don't know if a zero tolerance approach would necessarily Mm. work I think that from my experience there is probably always going to be some facet of bullying somewhere yes um but making sure that in schools we build the capacity and we really come from a restorative place so really trying to find the empathy trying to see someone else's perspective trying Mm. to repair that harm Mm. um that's i guess the most important thing that we are trying to work on and we do that at multiple levels Mm. so um the schools work in a very what they call a response to intervention way Mm. at the moment and being able to target strategies at different levels Mm. so from a universal level meaning whole school, whole uh, whole directorate approaches, mm. and that's things like education, mm. things teaching our social-emotional learning programs mm-hmm. that help to build our resi- like young people's resilience um, all the way through to the next level down of maybe specific groups available to help connection mm. and build connection within schools and working through restorative practices and what that looks like to your very individualised approach, which might be working with, say, myself as mm-hmm. a school psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so we try to address it at many different levels and be aware that it's probably always going to be a part mm. of life and how do we just develop our young people to be able to manage these and give mm. them the skills and strategies to move forward in life mm. and be successful. Yeah. Look at what springs to mind. I'm also a yoga teacher and we talk about, you know, mindfulness is is, is bandied yes. around and I know that that's a, an approach in psychology that's used. How do kids respond to that mindfulness? I mean, obviously not maybe using different terminology that responds to them, but being sort of conscious and aware and of their feelings, physical and, and I guess, feelings, emotional. Um, does that does that kind of approach tend to be effective with, with you know, kids of all ages? Um, research tells us it does. Yes. <laughs> so definitely that is something mindfulness we work with mm. and we work with a lot and we try to encourage all schools mm. to take. They now have um, mind up frameworks yes. and programs that they put right. into classes in the school to teach them what mindfulness is what is mindfulness I, I we know what it is but what to listeners what what is mindfulness a, a like a breakdown of it basically being very aware and present in the moment um being in a non-judgmental way mm. so being able to step back um really 
observe the feelings, um, things around you, anything mm. in a non-judgmental way and experience the present. Mm. Um, I describe it to kids in ways that um, we try not to let our thoughts mm. get away right. from us, which can happen. Mm. Um, we Many young people to come in and describe their thoughts are racing, they can't stop. Mm. And so mindfulness is a great way of just getting them to know that it's okay to have those thoughts, mm. but let's try to focus on something else for now. And hopefully through that refocusing, it helps to calm those thoughts a little bit. And how would you instruct them to refocus? Like I know how I would do it with yeah. yoga, but I'm just interested. Um, so there's many different strategies mm-hmm. that we use with mindfulness. But essentially we teach them um, how to pay attention to our breath. Mm-hmm. So that's one strategy, but it can be paying attention in body scans. So mm-hmm. going through your body and noticing the different feelings in your body. Mm-hmm. There's grounding techniques that are related. So in particular with people who panic mm-hmm. or um, feel like they're just in a really low place, we teach them to ground themselves, which mm-hmm. is, you know, noticing five things around them, okay. four things they can hear, three things they can feel all stuff like that so really getting them to be present and um, picture around them there's lots of great apps out there oh. these days especially can for you, young kids can you name a few um smiling mind is one oh, that we smiling mind these are mindfulness apps. apps yes so smiling mind yes that's probably one of the biggest ones is it a I free use. app Yes, free. Yes. Um, you just need an email address to sign mm-hmm. up. Um, that's the program that we get lots of teachers to implement in classrooms. So in classrooms, um, and I've been in schools where every year group at some point during the day will do a mindfulness exercise mm. and you have young kids laying on the floor mm. all the way up to your older students and they generally will put the Smiling Mind program on. They've devi- designed one for classrooms. Mm. Um, that, That's fantastic. <laughs> that, yeah, it gets them to practice it because essentially it's building their capacity and building their skills. So yes. they, it's part of our social-emotional learning and that universal approach. Um, most kids come in and actually have heard of it which is a great thing these days. I'll have to ask my six-year-old daughter. She may have. Yes. So um, it's definitely something we're trying to encourage in schools um, because the benefits that research has shown it to have is amazing. Is there any other resources that you could point listeners to if they are going through anxiety and maybe not directly from, I mean, on-topic anxiety maybe from bullying or spark from some sort of conflict is there any other resources that you could point them to in terms of apps apps or, um there's lots physical of, like you know websites or you know physical i guess um outlets organizations that they can visit there is definitely lots out there but i know anonymous is good for you know <laughs> things that they don't have to physically be present yeah can be so a great starting um point. I'll just try and find all the ones I have yes. on, on here. Um, essentially, there's, like I mentioned, Smiling Mind. Some of the other ones I tend to use are Mind Shift. Uh, it's another app in particularly relating to anxiety and different strategies. The thing with apps is they work most effectively in conjunction with therapy just because we're able to speak to what they're trying to do more yes. and explain that out on the um, phone you mean they're on their smartphone is that what you mean? oh yeah or like when they come in we talk through these strategies these skills yes and they have apps then that help remind them to oh, practice tasks and things like that so that they help to encourage them to be able to do the things that the skills we suggest, yes. relaxation, mindfulness, yes. all of that. Reminders. Yes. Physical um, reminders. But there is lots of online resources in terms of um, 
going working through your own thing like skills around anxiety and mm-hmm. that coaches you through it I don't have all of them on me right now. That's okay. We can. I've put. I've put. <laughs> but you I can definitely send I've, you links. I'd and love. Things. I would really appreciate. That. Um, It'd be great to actually explore some of those and maybe create another program or integrate them into this program. Yeah. No. Yeah, there's. Be there's great. lots of apps and definitely that with technology increasing. That's a whole program in itself. Yes. How, te- <laughs> how technology is helping. Yeah, us um, to overcome anxiety or manage anxiety. Yeah. That's a great program. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. Yeah. <laughs> so do we need to encourage uh, intolerance or resilience to bullying or a little bit of both? <laughs> yeah, I think I think it goes both ways. Yes. And as mentioned before, I think knowing what bullying is yes. and for young, young people to be able to actually identify that mm. and know that what a friendship breakdown might differ mm. from bullying and how to manage both. Mm. Um, and we do that in schools, like I mentioned, through some of our universal approaches of our social and emotional learning programs. Mm. And that's one way that we build. We have a Mind Matters framework and things like that that help to build the resilience within schools, not just around bullying, but in general. Mm. Um, to event, We all have to be resilient, I think, yes, to be successful absolutely. in life at some point um so these are such important skills that they are being taught from as young as kindergarten preschool yes all the way up and one of the great things i think in schools that um i've been involved in is um the value of student leaders yes and we have our student leaders actually taking control at the moment and really um trying to raise awareness to young people as well and they do they get involved with things like are you okay day are these Um, representatives from each year level um, or just mainly the senior, senior yeah. years so mm-hmm. that I've experienced. Yes. Um, I'm not sure what all schools are like, but from my understanding, mainly like year 9 to 10 okay. senior years. But, you know, they're promoting things like videos to show correct use of language, oh. to show um, where to get help in the yes. school, things like that, to really build capacity and build mm. resilience. Mm. Um, and it, when it comes from, I think, their peers, yeah, it's, it's very powerful. Absolutely. So if someone is experiencing bullying at school, what support is available? We mentioned apps, they're sort of anxiety-related and mindfulness. But if someone is going through bullying, we're speaking of bullying today on the program, what support is available? I'd like to think there's lots of supports in all schools, um, in particular in the high school world. Mm -hmm. Um, There's things like myself and the school psychologist. Mm -hmm. Is that a free service? Yes. Yeah, that's a free service. So that... That, that they would have to approach their teacher or their form room teacher. Yeah, so there's I many. I think school. all schools um, work slightly different yes. on how the schools I've been involved in generally can referrals can come through parents, through teachers mm-hmm. or through themselves at that high school level. Um, there is a self-referral pathway that if they feel they need okay. to do that. But we have we have people in positions such as your pastoral care coordinators mm-hmm. who is a teacher mm-hmm. but has that extra knowledge in pastoral care. Okay. Um, you also have youth workers in a lot of schools. Some schools have um, health nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, they're teachers. We want them to build the connection with their teachers that first and foremost they feel like they can go to their teachers to for that initial conversation to yes. say, this is happening and I'm not okay. Mm. They have year coordinators to support that as well. The teachers and year coordinators are educated around, all right, what next? Mm. How do we manage this? Where do we go? Using all our restorative practices, yes. um, supports from student services, things like that. Mm. Is there any other sound advice that you can offer our listeners? 
in conclusion to our discussion, our really interesting discussion. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is that young people don't just let it go on and think that it is, oh, it's a way of life, I just have to deal with sure. it. And if they aren't coping and it's ongoing, there, are, there is help out there. Mm. There is definitely help, especially within our schools. Um where they can go and they can get advice or they can build their own capacity or sometimes it is very very bad that we need an adult to help step in yes. and that's okay yeah it's okay to ask for help yes is the biggest thing sound advice Erin Sheldrick thank you so much for talking to us you're a school uh, psychologist in many Canberra high schools uh, regarding bullying in schools thank you for your time and your insights today yeah, thank you for having me it's been a pleasure thank, thank you, you. You've been listening to 2XXFM 98.3 on local current affairs program Subject ACT. Bullying is a school and community-wide issue. The approaches we've been discussing this morning are based on restorative justice principles with the focus on restoring relationships, addressing any harm that has occurred as a result of bullying and equipping students with tools and techniques such as mindfulness. It's very pleasing to hear the important role our school student leaders are playing in tackling this issue and creating an inclusive and tolerant environment. You've been listening to Subject ACT on 2XXFM 98.3. Join us each weekday, 8.30 till 9am. Thanks for your company. Enjoy your day.